Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Colt Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the XNC Podcast live. Hey, how you doing? This is Cold Eastwood. Welcome to the show. This is episode 43, and I feel like every time I hit that big button to go that I don't know what in the world I'm doing, but I've got a new, slightly modified uh, layout here as I've got a good friend of mine who is so amazing, so incredibly mystical that he won't turn on a camera. We love him all the same. Randall Thor, my best friend in the whole entire world. How are you? Look at me, I'm a tiny little square. <laughs> Colt's like, hey, I hope you don't mind, but you're gonna be like uh like an like an inch long uh square on the side of the screen and I'm gonna have the big big uh big mode oh. picture going on and I'm like, Yeah, I guess, but seeing it now, it's like I'm tiny, Colt. What's going on? Uh, <laughs> do, uh, you wanna uh, know? Yeah. Is this is and I'm like grounded? Am I ungrounded? Am I just like a <laughs> been shrunk? You know, it's so I could just with the flick of a switch, I can make us on equal grounds because I always thought I was way cooler than you. So I just thought maybe I should show that on the layout, but I can also. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, no, well. you're hundred, you're hundred percent right. I mean, who wants to see my avatar that you created, right? You're so handsome. Well, I, I've been trying to tell Ram for so long, like he he'll he'll use a camera, but he points the wrong way. We want to see the lovely face of Randolph Thor 19, the man with a million. Oh, you are you referring to my congrats to Xbox era video where I use my cell phone to rib Nick about being wrong about Xbox leaks? <laughs> you, everything you do drives me absolutely crazy. I've known you for like, I don't know, four or five years. You annoy the heck out of me, Rand. Because <laughs> <laughs> we were talking because Xbox era, they hit their 100th episode. Uh, Rand and Jez have been doing Xbox Two. They're on probably episode two twenty five, two fifty, somewhere around there. And uh, I'm on like forty three. So we're all kind of making our way in the world. And Rand goes, "I'm going to do a, a video for them." I'm like, "Are you going to be on camera, Rand? Are you going to do this whole thing, Rand?" He's like, "No, I just pointed at the monitor." I'm like, "You will not." <laughs> and you did. I totally did. I have no shame. <laughs> but yeah, you did give uh, Nick a rib about what he get, got right or didn't get right, and. Um, they had Phil on their show. We're going to talk about that later today because this actually ties into a lot of 
stuff that Xbox fans are like dying to get some answers to. But um, Rand, how you been? What have you been playing? What video game? What is it? Uh, I have been playing and I have finished um, Elden Ring. You know, that's, oh, yes, you know, there's been right. the game that's dominated the video game discourse for the past uh, couple weeks since it's uh, released. And uh, yeah, I finished it. Um, what what an experience. Uh, probably most likely. I, I really don't see a game coming out beating it for game of the year. I mean, I guess there's a chance like God of War Ragnarok might. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Starfield if Starfield is incredible. Um, but maybe. right now, like, it's just... Yeah, Elden Ring was. I didn't. Even, I, I didn't even know it was something I wanted until I played it and put like seventy plus hours into it. You know, I needed Elden Ring in my life. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Because I was there was you know because I was kind of like burnt out a little bit on gaming. There wasn't really anything catching my eye. I wasn't really excited about much because we talk. You know, I was I was more getting into like reading and stuff. Uh, then yeah, really, I was like, getting a little worried there that you were. I couldn't get your nose out of a book and over to video games. It's so funny you say that, Ryan. Because when I think about, we've had some great games. I just finished Shadow Warrior. Um, I just finished Dying Light Two. A little while ago, we had uh, Far Cry Six. But when I think about this, like it's just kind of rehashes of games we played for a long time. And Elden Ring is like another copy of a Souls game, but it's so arresting for people, and uh, it's just won people over. It's yeah, it's crazy. Indeed, uh, it is. Indeed, yeah, I love I, it. It's great. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Elden Ring in a little bit here early on the show. But I want to give a shout out to the channel members that are veterans that have been with the show for uh, nine months, going and supporting, and they're getting early access to videos. We got Zenner White, Poochie, Wolf Assassin, to Blue, Devario, Two Gaming, Fault Lines, Wreak Havoc, Rodney Coots, Gaz, Dark CMF, Betamax, Dante Moody. Alex Wilson, Lord Starkiller, Robert Jackson, Gamer McFly, Almost Done, Assassin Lupa. These are all good friends I talk to online, which is so cool. Nanopolymus, Suicide King, Udani Kazada, Phil, KY Bob, William Lanza, and Matt Burns. And I know you know a lot of those names, too, because they are great supporters and great mm-hmm. people in the audience of, of your show and uh, of, the, of our friends that do shows. So it's amazing. Hargit Johnny steps up with a, with a message here because he's been a channel. He's a channel member, veteran. I got to add him to the list now. I think he just hit the milestone. He says, I was... I." I was the man with a million runes. He farmed an Elden Ring over the last half an hour. Hey, Colt and Rand. <laughs> yeah, That's he, a lot uh, of runes. Yeah, we were talking about he was kind of farming runes like crazy last night. Um, we were talking on, on Xbox Live for a while. But yeah, welcome to the uh, X and C show. We're just kind of rolling in here, getting ready. Rand and I have a lot to talk about. Uh, something that popped up just before the show went live is a Halo update. And it's not about multiplayer, Rand. I don't know if you even saw this coming, but Metacritic has already started getting critic reviews in for the Halo Paramount TV series. I did not know about this. All right, chat. If you don't know this, this is going to be great. I want you to write in the chat what number Metacritic you think the Halo TV show is getting right now. Don't cheat and open up a new tab and Google it. Give me a Metacritic number what you think the Halo TV show. My phone like looks up like, what do you need? What do you think the Halo TV show is getting on Metacritic? So, yeah, 7, 8, you know, 80, 75, 8.4, 88, um, 85. Okay, 76. I'm waiting until somebody gets to the right ballpark. <laughs> there, where we go, Lanzo 86 is really close. It's at a 59, Rand. A 59 meta. 
Yeah, I see it's at a 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, crap. So it's so it's rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you know, like when I saw that stuff, I, I got to I gotta let you take the mic on this because like I thought, oh, and you were really excited. So give us your live reaction. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'd have to watch the show uh, to whether, I, I don't know. I guess... You know, it's it's tough making TV shows and movies, and you know this is kind of how long have they been trying to make a Halo TV show? Uh, years and years, and they finally do one. Mm. And while the trailers looked really good, um, I don't think the entire show is focused on Master Chief. I think it's like an ensemble. So uh, maybe it just fell apart in that regard. You know, like um, it follows a family in the. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe fans of the show will like it more than than like critics who yeah. watch like you know all the different TV shows and movies out there. Maybe maybe it's more fan focused than it is like critic focused, or maybe it's just a bad show. Maybe you know we, we just we saw those trailers like oh man that looks cool, but you know trailers can be deceiving at times, right? So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing fifty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes and. The Metacritic being low, it's you know I'll check it out because I'm on my I, I use my buddy's Paramount Plus, so it's not like I'm spending any money on it. So you know I'll check it out and see uh, if, see if it's any good. And if, and if if it's not good, I won't watch it. You know it's that simple, right? Yeah, like give it give a uh, one episode a test run and then just see if you stick yeah. with it. Well, I mean it's yeah. also been renewed for season two already, so they must have Weird. some faith in the show. Uh, you know whether it's driving subscriptions to PlayStation or PlayStation Plus, uh, Paramount Plus, right? Or you know they think it's going to be a big hit. You know with millions of viewers, uh, so we at least get two seasons out of it. But yeah, you don't like to see it when it when when a show you've been looking forward to or the first Xbox TV show that comes out is you know basically rotten. That's not something uh, you know you want to see, right? Yeah, didn't they have? Didn't HBO have one like ten years ago that had a bunch of episodes? I didn't watch it. What was the Halo show that was on HBO? I think it was HBO. Hey, I don't think has there been a Halo show. I'm, this is the first one. No, this I isn't the first one. No. Um, uh, let me see real quick. I mean, I know, I know, I know. There was the you know Rooster Teeth. They did Red and Bl- Red versus Blue, but that was more of like you know. That wasn't like a show. That was just. What am I thinking of? That was on HBO. It was like, um, it was a Halo. Oh, I don't know. Well, Did I'm sure. Pe- I'm sure people in chat, the smart, the very smart people in chat who've hit the like button already. Uh, of course, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's someone in chat who who knows what you're referring Ford to. Ford Under Dawn. Special Nick's in the chat. Oh, that Hi, was uh, Ford that Under was, Dawn. So what that was, was a movie? That? Or wasn't that a movie? Oh, uh, okay. So this is the first show. I'm sorry, chat. I didn't realize that. Yeah, uh, I think people really like the Ford Under Dawn, but um, the, so the show comes out March twenty fourth, which is about a would be about Thursday of next week. Um, yeah, you know, well, look for ourselves. Looking at uh, Pablo Schreier's the 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 voice in the face of Master Chief in this one. I'm mm-hmm. looking at his picture, and he looks a lot like Special Nick. Yes, he said that uh, on Twitter. It looks a lot like Special Nick. So Special Nick looks like is Special Nick Master Chief? I don't know. Yeah, he made a joke about how uh, if if he looks like Nick, then if you know something about Nick taking off his helmet, you know, you know, it's all right. We got a little, we got a little, uh, 
we got a little Australian uh, Master Chief. That's all right with me. But um, I don't know. We'll see how that show turns out. I'll check it out. I've got Paramount Plus. Yeah, that'll that'll be it for that. But so Rand. Yeah, and if you're having a good time, like Rand said, you know, hit the like button, show support for the sh- for the show. We've got a lot of people in chat, and, and you know, shout out to you, Underachiever, and Happy Bomb for modding the chat, and uh, everything's pretty good right now. Nobody's going crazy, but Halo One MPD again. Halo, um, Halo One MPD again. Halo. Well, Halo did do some good stuff lately, but Xbox One MPD with their consoles. Did Rand, they win? Ex- about- did they win? Are you sure about that, Colt? <laughs> what do you mean? Am I sure about that? Because they didn't win. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, stop um, giving out misinformation, Colt Eastwood. No one can beat the Nintendo Switch. Yes, yes. Halo, uh, you got me. You got me so flustered. I said Halo again. Yes, Xbox One over the PlayStation, yes. which is like a, the the thing that's there. But I want to talk about that because people are. I don't know. They, they they contradict themselves and say that you know you can find the Series S anywhere. So of course it's going to sell out. So how is this possible? Well, I mean, got to hand it to Nintendo. The Switch is killing it as usual. They uh, sold the most units, right? Mm-hmm. Nintendo Switch doing doing great work. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of the system, and uh, PS5 won for revenue. Uh, they have the well. Uh, because the the PS4 PS5 digital edition really doesn't have a lot of stock, so PlayStation is essentially selling a five hundred dollars system. Uh, the Switch is three fifty. The OLED one, I think, the model is three hundred fifty bucks, and then they have the one ninety nine model. And Xbox has the X and the S, but the X stock is very low, and yeah. so mostly Xbox is selling the S, which is three hundred bucks. Um, yeah, so there's been a lot of talk. About, you know, because during the holiday, I think Xbox outsold PlayStation as well, uh, but not the Switch. And there's a lot of talk being like, well, that's only doing it because, you know, the Series S is on store shelves and, you know, the PS5 isn't. So, you know, and it's just like, well, that's half the battle in the first place is getting stock in front of customers for them to buy. Right, right. right? And the other is like, you have to have a product that people want. I mean, just because the Series S is on store shelves, if nobody wants it, nobody's going to buy it. It's not like... You know, well, the PlayStation 5 is not available, so I'm just going to pick up the system that I had no intention of getting anyways. Yeah, um, I really don't think that happens. I don't think people go... I mean, maybe it happens in small scenarios where, like, sure. you need a gift for the holidays, and, oh, this isn't available, so I'll just get this. It, it probably does happen on occasions, but mm-hmm. I don't think it happens as much as people want to believe it's just that, you know, with the Series S being the cheap price point, entry into this generation, plus you combine it with Game Pass, it does make the Series S very attractive. And Microsoft made the bet, you know, saying that we wanted a cheaper entry price to this generation for people, and it really paid off because of the chip shortages. So now, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really find Series Xs because of it, and you definitely can't really find PS5s because of it. You know, really, the only next-gen console that's available is this tiny little white system. You have two of them, right? I have two of them in the house, yeah. yeah. Why do you have two of them, Cody Eastwood? And I bet you have <laughs> the Series X and the Series S hooked up to the TV. You're uh, weird. Yeah, you're so weird. I did actually have uh, the Series S here for a while, but gave it to my son and then bought one for my other kids. So, um, yeah, I got two of them in the house. Yeah, now because I, you, you, want, you wanted to show your kids the... 
the magic of 60 fps the right power the power yeah my kid was playing a game with me and had to play at 30 frames and then would walk in here and go why does it look so good i'm like well come on now jump into the next generation but um i mean is it purely about the ps5 takes double the silicon so the supply is much well, more I mean, constrained. Sony, Sony had, did say during their uh, last financial thing that you know January through March was going to be very, very bad for PlayStation stock, and it was. Uh, they had an incredible February lineup of games. They put out Sifu, which is a game I completely adored. I love mm-hmm. Sifu. They also put out Horizon Forbidden West, which you know people people also greatly enjoyed, and it reviewed incredibly well at an eighty eight. Um, you know, and then Elden Ring came out the week after. So even that's a multi-plat, but you know, big multi-plats, multi-platforms like that push the platforms they're on. They push Xbox, they push PlayStation because people want to play them. So mm-hmm. PlayStation had a good month of software, except they didn't have the hardware. So like nobody you like could be able to go to the stores and buy them. So yeah, uh, you know, and then the, they did their state of play, and we were seeing games for PlayStation Four announced into like. 2023 and 2024 easy um so yeah a lot of it has to do with stock you know i i'm sure microsoft would love to have more series x consoles available for people right um mm-hmm. i, I talked i talked to somebody way up there that <laughs> yeah can i say way up there doesn't sound like a nice thing but this they really, really. Yeah, they're really frustrated by the the allocations for the Series X. They really want pure, more out right, there, right? Like ran like purely on the if we if we could magically get more Series Xs, they would sell a ton of them. But right now, they are kind of allocating more um, more to the Series S because yeah. you can because you can make two Series S's, two Series S consoles to every one Series X. And, you know, they've been using a lot of the Series X silicon to put into xCloud because that's, like, a big thing. Um, so this generation has sort of kind of played out differently than a lot of people imagine. A lot of people thought, like, hey, the PlayStation is just going to dominate. It's going to win every single month, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and that really hasn't happened. Uh, Xbox has won some months here and there, which is really good because it shows cool. that, you know, uh, people's – Perception of the Xbox brand is kind of changing. Um, you know, oh, you're coming off sure. a coming off a generation where you know they were a joke and people made fun of them and uh, well, people not and, to buy one. I mean, hell, let's be honest, Colt. Like Xbox is like kind of uh, you know their f- first party offerings. You know, they really haven't even gotten in gear yet. None of none of their acquisitions have actually released anything right uh, they, yeah. that they started working on. It's like. Uh, Ninja Theory is still working on Hellblade. You know, Obsidian still working on Avowed. Uh, Initiative still building Perfect Dark. Bethesda hasn't published anything on Xbox yet, even though Ghostwire Tokyo comes out in a couple weeks and Deathloop came out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like all those acquisitions that they made from 2018 onward, they haven't even released anything. It's just really been Halo Gears of Forza for the most part. Um, and they've done well. I mean, way better than I thought they would do with just that lineup. Yeah, um, two and or I think, three of their studios, like you were saying, um, what they did release was still like it for the past three years. What the stuff they released, like in Exile, they had multi plat or they had timed exclusive with PlayStation deals rolling in. You know, Wasteland Three, Double Finds, uh, Psychonauts Two, which is uh, amazing. Outer Worlds was already set to be a multi plat. Like they didn't try and 
swing that a different direction. Yeah, it's we're actually going to talk later on the show about uh, how Phil kind of directed what is coming up. But um, there's a couple things about the console I want to ask you about, Rand, because when Phil and the team decide to put out more Series S's, two of the things, there's like a two, two-sided thing going on there. One of them is Xbox has allocated them evenly across the globe, as far as we know. But And one thing we do know on the flip side of the coin is that PlayStation has put a heavy emphasis on supplying North America for the whole MPD uh, perception. Is that... Do you believe that's true, that PlayStation has put a lot more over to North America to kind of get that that grasp? Or yeah. do you believe that's something that people have just kind of No, no, I think, I think there's some truth to that. I mean, I, I even kind of heard at the launch of the consoles there was some uh, truth to that. Like, they, they, they really wanted to uh, show their investors that, you know, they, they would win. So I really do think that uh they're allocating more towards countries where xbox is more of a uh you know a competitor which would be like mm-hmm. uk um us and some of the other countries um playstation mostly is pretty big like i think i saw something it was like the spain charts and like it was like last week they sold 150 ps5 units in spain which spain is predominantly historically like a sony bastion of power and they're not like they didn't sell any PlayStations last week, and I think Xbox actually sold um, either right around the same amount or a little bit less. But yeah, I really do think Sony's more focused on the areas where Xbox is uh, more competitive, and then they'll kind of uh, yeah, because you got to be you, you got to be careful because like you have limited stock, right? And Sony is. Uh, they're you know more global, like especially in the EU. That's why like there was that big disparity in console sales last generation. You know, Xbox did really good in in North America and the UK, but it was like places like Spain and Germany, uh, traditional uh, European countries where they kind of were like, no, it's PlayStation for us, and Xbox didn't sell well. Um. So I think like Sony kind of was like, okay, we'll just make sure we're, we're, we'll have all, you know the countries where Xbox is competing with us stocked well. But in the situation where you don't really have a lot of systems to allocate, it's like somebody's going to get the short, short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And that seems like some of these European countries that Sony already has as like uh, under their under their fist, so to speak, and maybe Japan where there is no competition with the Xbox and. They send oh, yeah, it more yeah. to to North America and these other places. So it'll be interesting. interesting to see. Number one, it'll be interesting to see how long this lasts for. How long is the console <laughs> shortage and the chip shortage going to last for? I are think gonna, another year. What are we going to another year? I mean, think about it. We're from now. We're yeah. in March of 2022. So the consoles have been out for over a year and, yeah, uh, a year and like half, another four right? months. Like the yeah. idea that you still cannot log into Amazon or Best Buy or just walk into GameStop and buy <laughs> any of these consoles yeah. is absurd to me. Like, and the fact yeah, that the it may not last happen. Generation that was like a three month ordeal, right? You know, you worked yeah. all the way through Christmas, and after that, you were cool. You could just get one. Yeah. Mm. Hey, I uh, I got to give a shout out to Philippe Pareto who who sent a two two uh, dollar super chat with the Brazilian flag. He said. Um, Brazil haven't seen a single Series X since November. And um, I don't know if that's kind of the general consensus, but you're right. There are probably countries where 
they're almost never seen a PS5 or a Series X in on a shelf or within their grasp on on the on websites, but it's absolutely ridiculous. I gotta ask you about Japan because the Xbox Series S and X have sold more than the Xbox One did in its eight-year run or whatever it's been. Well, that's not saying years. much, Colt. That's not saying much at all. Well, it it does say something, doesn't it? Not really, it, no. Because you, <laughs> you, you couldn't sell worse than the Xbox well, One. Well, okay, I, I think the Xbox One sold like 40,000 units in eight years. No, it sold like a hundred and it sold over a hundred thousand, I think. And the Series X and S are already above that over at 140,000. So, so what changed? Was it the S? Is it mostly the yeah, S? Yeah, I think is, the S is uh, a better the, fit uh, for the like Japanese almost, audience. Uh, almost I think, half the size of a one I also think you know, Xbox is getting more Japanese games than the Xbox One did. Yeah. Um, game Pass, I think, is, is, is also a factor. Um, so... You know, and and, and I think xCloud, yeah. So uh, the Xbox One didn't have anything that the Japanese audience wanted or cared for. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, if yeah, because there was that they've they've sold like two point three million consoles in Japan since they launched. It was like the OG Xbox had like sold four hundred and fifty thousand, oh, and it was like the three sixty sold I don't know like one point six million or something like that. And then Xbox wow. One sold like 100K. Like nobody wanted the, the Xbox One in Japan. And yes, the Xbox Series S and X are doing way better. They've already passed it in, in a year, but eight times more or whatever. But yeah, but, it, um, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's not really saying much because of how bad the Xbox One sold in the first place. So yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of says something about a change, like a change in the whole mindset and the optics of an Xbox console. Um, you really don't understand how small a Series S is until you open one out of the box or you set it next to any console. Uh, but, you know, you already know that. But <laughs> um, Shout out to uh, Poochie. He's been a channel member for 10 months. Says, do work, baby. We got Adam F. with the $5. Says, oh, it's Rand. Heck yeah. Love your shows, guys. Even better. You're on the same one. Oh, man. Rand, thank you so much for being here. Uh, yeah, who, who, to... who, am I only here because you couldn't find anybody else to do your show called? I am I, was, I your, was I your plan B, <laughs> C, D, F, and G, H, and I? I scoured the internet looking for anybody with a microphone, and you were the last one I called. Uh, I would, I'd hate to do this to you, Ram, but I would have you on here every single week as a co-host, but you would probably just fall over dead from all the Look, work I've you talked do about Xbox all this stuff ad nauseum the past few days because I did my show with Jez on Friday where we talked about the stuff and then I did Gaz's show with Gaz, Asa and you on uh-huh. Saturday yep. and here we are two days later and I'm doing the same thing with just you well bring your so... A game for these guys because uh... how about yeah. you bring your A game <laughs> oh, I always Rand. bring my A game Rand you're the best why don't you bring your A game okay I'll bring my A game you know what? All right. Dark CMF was uh, a channel member for 13 months says, get with it, Colt. I need to buy more consoles. Uh, Yodani Kazada, thank you so much for the $5 super chat. says, am I wrong for hating on Platinum Games and Square Enix after the Scalebound fiasco, uh, Balan Wonderland, and now Babylon's Fall have landed the lowest rated games since 2021 and 2022, or in 2021 and 2022? Um, Ram, we got we to <laughs> discuss how Crossfire X... And Babylon Fall are the lowest rated games, but it's going to hit Xbox the hardest. Yeah, the good people. 
It's um, well, so they're just crappy games. What else is there to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no wonder Platinum Games has been out there recently saying, "Hey, anybody out there with money, please buy us Xbox. We want to. We love for you to acquire us. We can work on Scalebound, you know." And you're like, "Why? Why is why is uh, Platinum Games all like basically like throwing themselves out there and being like, "Hey, <laughs> we we're available." Babylon's Fall is like, oh, by the way, no, no wonder Babylon's Fall came out. Nobody played it. Nobody bought it. It was literally like a, a week before the release and the Metacritic scores. He was saying that, wasn't it? It seemed yeah, like it. They had a thousand players at launch or whatever on Steam, and it's like Ugh. a 40 on Metacritic. It's like, yeah, no wonder. No wonder. And this is it's sad because I actually really like Platinum as a studio. They've made some incredible games. Metal Gear Rising Revengeance and Nier Automata. Uh, Bayonetta Vanquish. is a masterpiece. Vanquish. Vanquish. I mean, they've called? made some incredible, incredible games. So it was interesting to see them being like, someone buy us, please. And then <laughs> Babylon's Fall just is a turd. And then Crossfire X and the history behind that. Like, it was weird because Microsoft didn't even bother promoting this game. It was like almost like they signed the deal and it's like, yeah, you know what? We can get Crossfire X. It's this big shooter from Korea. Huge over gonna, there, right? Absolutely we're gonna huge. Remedy on the we're going to get Remedy to make the campaign. It'll be really good. And then, like, Xbox never talked about that game ever again. And the same week they released Crossfire X, they, uh, Smilegate also released Lost Ark on PC, which blew up <laughs> like on PC <laughs> and was blew up on Twitch. Yeah. And here's... Crossfire X comes out and everybody hates it because of how like kind of old school the multiplayer is and the campaign's not any better. And then the campaign part one was supposed to be in Game Pass and nobody could access it. I don't even know if they fixed that yet. Let us know in chat because I'm sure I, they have. I haven't heard any. Complaints. I don't know. I don't know if they have. But Maybe they have. Marketing, Crossfire X marketing was like, <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> They just like so. I never. I know there was no hype. Like you, you definitely say they didn't hype up a turd, right? Yeah. They just like said, "Hey, we know what we got. We're just gonna let it sneak in, and hopefully, no one talks about the Metacritic. It got like a forty-one or forty-two, but that's gonna we. Part of the next thing I want to talk about is Xbox just had a historic ever um, group of published games from first party on Metacritic at an eighty-seven point four or something, which was. Uh, Went over, yeah, 87.4. 85 was the last record. So they broke a record, and they're about to have a I'm not quite sure year with the stuff that they're publishing because Crossfire X is going to be in that listing. That 40 or 42 is going to pull down the overall score for Xbox in a very interesting 2020, 2022. Um, <laughs> Yodonic Kizada just dropped $2 Super Chat to give a 14-day Game Pass Ultimate uh, code so punch that in you know control c control v your way into 14 days of xbox live gold and pc game pass and xbox game pass yeah thank you so much you um yeah oh gosh Rand, you got me so flustered when i think about that uh, crossfire x but um xbox winning that metacritic thing uh i thought xbox didn't have no games well, they had games. It was just that uh, a lot of people were like, they don't have good games or quality games, right? That was right. Uh, that was the meme. Well, the meme was Xbox has no games and Xbox has no good games. It was the whole 60 meta meme. I mean, we had dealer gaming 
uh, you know, do a Sea of Thieves review and putting a little 60 Metacritic as part of the Cannonball, you know, where people, that was just how it was back in 2018. Yeah. It was just like Xbox put out a game and a 60 Metacritic and people made fun of it. And, you know, that was kind of the joke. And Phil said he was very aware of the jokes and he wanted to change it. I distinctly remember, and I've said this on my show and I probably said it on Gaz's show because it sticks in my mind. Phil at the Game Awards basically apologizing for how bad their year was. I think it was 2019 where he said, yeah, he it wasn't did. our best year and we can do better, right? You don't normally see like someone, especially head of a game company, come out and say, yeah, we didn't have a great year. We didn't do very well because gaming's all about hype and like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. But Phil was like, hey, uh, we didn't have a great year. We're going to do better. And people are like, yeah, you got to do better because, man, these games, you know, Um and then two years that's after so, that, 2021. So uh, Ori came out in 2019? 2020. Oh, 2020. Yeah, it's so weird because uh, so 20, 2019 was Crackdown. Yeah, your fave. Your 60, but, fave, then, 60 Metacritic fave. The game yeah. that you played for hundreds of hours online. 100. 100. <laughs> Hundreds. Um, yeah. No, don't you dare misquote me. Um, and then, of course, Gears 5 was really good. Uh, and then got it was. bad post-launch and gosh dang it so yeah we're gonna talk about uh 2022 in a little bit because well you gotta talk about know. like the the metacritic win 2021 how great it was for xbox like yeah i mean halo uh, reviewed better than people expected at the 87 me and you both reviewed it yeah i gave it an 8.5 because i didn't care for some of the storytelling towards the end yeah uh, forza yeah, horizon 5 once again, shows that Playground Games and Forza Horizon is the pinnacle of the racing se- racing genre, the entire genre, right? They got 92. It's actually uh, taking top podium, really, uh, at this Microsoft point. Microsoft Flight Sim came out for console, got a 90. You played it a whole bunch. I, it's really good. It wasn't for me. Psychonauts yeah. 2 came out and blew people away. It was a Game of the Year nominee. Um, that got an 88. So it was a great year. I mean, like I said, two years prior, Phil's apologizing for basically having a terrible year and two years later they turn around to the point where they are number one publisher on Metacritic and they've done something nobody's ever done, which was average over an 85. Well, so you know what, kudos like, to them. I mean, they, they're the ones who had to put in work and do all that stuff. Right. So, yeah. And, um, we've been waiting since 2018 when they started gathering studios to see the fruits of it. Right. We say it a lot, but when Phil's staying there in 2019, he's also looking at the previous year, which is a very, very close memory at the time with, like you said, Sea of Thieves and State of Decay, which should have come out a year later. I, I'm convinced that if Sea of Thieves and State of Decay came out in 2019 with a year delay, with all the content that they put post, yeah. Well, I mean, you can make the argument better. that Sea of Thieves was a game that, even if it was delayed a year, wouldn't have really been uh, better because I think that game needed to be built with like the community feedback. Yeah, that's so true. if they push it, a, if they push it a year, but they didn't really have community feedback, like I'm not sure it would have been much better. I mean, it's much better now, four years later, right? Because yeah, yeah. they're taking a lot of feedback from the community uh, to make it a better game. But I don't know if they, if people weren't playing it because it was delayed, if it would actually, you know, came out to be a better product. But it's a better product now for those that play it. Yeah. So they won historically for. Metacritic, which is a big deal, and I'll add to what you explained. They also got 
I always forget to mention this because when this got announced across social media and the gaming forums that Xbox had the best games, plus historically the best in 2021, one of the biggest comebacks from people that don't like Xbox or people that just rather like another platform that didn't win was Xbox had no game of the year. And of course, this is this is past stuff to talk about, but I always forget that Halo won the player's choice game of the year over the over the critics, uh, which is kind of a game of the year. And they had more nominations than PlayStation. And I think Nintendo, if my memory serves me, they had a really good year. But, Indeed. But we're going to talk about 2022. And uh, shout out to Special Nick, who's hanging out in the chat. I, I would love to have him on again when his schedule is kind of figured out because it's Tuesday uh, around noon for him where he lives. So um, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that they were fortunate and uh, privileged to bring to, toward the community. Like you get Phil Spencer on their show and they're only allowed to ask certain types of questions, but knowing Phil, he likes to be more forward with the fans of the community. So they had a great opportunity there. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Let me get some supers before we jump into the next big one here. Uh, Randall Thor 19, the man with a million, but we've got uh, Hargeet Johnny who uh, brings back Crossfire X. He says, thank you, Hargeet. He says, did Xbox actually publish Crossfire X? Because on the information, he says it keeps coming up as Smilegate as a publisher. Rand, I've heard this go back and forth. I'm pretty sure that Xbox helped publish with Smilegate, but do you know what the official answer is? Like, is Crossfire X going to be considered a Xbox Game Studios global publishing game. I think on Metacritic it is, but in reality, uh, I don't. Xbox had nothing to do with it. So uh, they, they did have something to do with it as far as bringing a game that was big in Korea over to the West, right? Um, and I know that I'm pretty sure Global Publishing worked on it. So if you look at the information, like Hargi was was looking on wikipedia or whatever it doesn't it says Smilegate, but it doesn't say um xbox but <laughs> if it is on metacritic like you said ran uh, it'll be a different story for the next year's metacritic uh something that nobody cared about until now i think is part of the problem uh sean ogle with the five dollar super chat thank you sean he says hey guys i literally only play rainbow six is there any other game kind of like rainbow coming to console on xbox or that may be out that you guys recommend an FPS. What do you think, Rand? Something like Rainbow Six. That's all Sean plays. Is there something else like that that he would like? Um, off the top of my head, I don't. I, something like Rainbow Six Siege, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Sean. I hope you're if you're still watching. I hope that you've checked out Extraction because then you get everything you already know and love. Yeah, but Rainbow, Rainbow Six Siege is not like Extraction. Um, I don't know. Rainbow Six Siege is very much unique in the console and PC space. There's not many games that are like that particular team and, versus team with, with. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure what I could compare it to. Um, it's one of the. It's one of the only shooters that has like an actual objective besides stand in this colored circle for a certain amount of time or take this magic flag over to the other. Like that, I feel like that's what most multiplayer games do. But Rainbow Six actually has you go in and grab a hostage and and you know extract them out and protect them and stuff. Mm, might not. 
be anything. Chat, let, uh, let Sean know if there's anything in that vein that he would like. And thanks for sending that. Um, Wolf Assassin, thank you for the $5. Says, so what do you guys make of Sarah Bond reading something Japanese related? She was definitely teasing something, or am I crazy? Rand, did you see this tweet from Sarah? I didn't see this. No, I have I did not see it, no. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, I definitely know that if you're a lead in a game platform and you talk about anything you like, people are going to take it as some type of a cryptic, um, some kind of cryptic information. Um, so <laughs> we, I want to talk to you, Rand, about events for Xbox because they're lacking in, in big communication when everybody's starving for stuff. But PlayStation just had a state of play last week, and today they announced they're doing one at the end of the week to highlight Harry Potter Hogwarts. I've never watched a single Harry Potter movie and go. Uh, I mean, what do you want me to say? Uh, I mean, say what you will. I know there's a lot of uh, issues with Harry Potter these days because of J.K. Rowling and her views. Um, people aren't very happy with her. Uh, and that extends to the video game as well. So, but... I mean, people love Harry Potter. People are looking forward to the video game. It's going to be, if it does come out this year, which it looks like it is, it's going to be a big game. And it looks like Sony has the marketing for it. Um, and I wonder if one of the, if these are one of those things where that's they're, Sony's like con- contractually obligated to, to do, right? Because they just did a state of play, and now they're having another one, but focused strictly on Hogwarts Legacy, just like they just had one with Ghostwire Tokyo last month. Mm-hmm. I wonder if those sort of deals, Sony's sort of contractually obligated to provide like a state of play, uh, strictly only about Ghostwire Tokyo or only about Hogwarts, because it's like you can look at it and like, well, they just had a state of play last week, so why wouldn't you include Hogwarts in that? Uh, but now they're doing it this week, so it makes you wonder, like, well, maybe they just have to do this. Um, I do like Harry Potter. I've read the books. They're like my sister's favorite books of all time. So I remember like her badgering me to read them and I did. And, um, you know, I'll be interested in seeing what the game is like. Cause I have played some of the Harry Potter games on the 360. Mm-hmm. you know, for those, for those achievements, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I'm interested in seeing what the game looks like and you know, how, how, uh, big it is and everything you do at Hogwarts. Um, I'm also curious to see if we'll get a release date. When's that game supposed to come out? Probably fall, maybe like a November title. It seems sure. or October sure. title. Um, I don't know. It's um, but yeah, like when you, if you if you kind of take it to Xbox, it's kind of like one of those things where Xbox has been really silent since the Activision acquisition. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been clamoring for new events and shows because they want to know what games are coming. And Nintendo did a direct, which was very well received. And that's kind of where this all stemmed from because Nintendo did the direct and everybody was like, why isn't there an Xbox direct? We need, Mm -hmm. we need more information. Miles Don PA at Windows Central wrote an an article about it. And so did Jez and people have been going back and forth about it. Then Sony comes out and does a state of play, which wasn't, received very well according to jeff Keeley's poll uh most people right. thought it was like a d 46 um, yeah and yeah. now they're doing a one for harry potter so i think a lot of xbox fans are kind of sitting there being like what about us like yeah where's our 
you know, when are we going to see Starfield? When are we going to see Redfall? When are we going to see Forza Motorsport? When are we going to see, you know, well, we know deals when. for, well, yeah, according and, to Jeff Grubb, no one's surprised that Microsoft is going to be putting out a show sometime in June. Um, yeah, well, I mean, right now, what, what's today? The 14th? Right now, it, we are three months. Um, they usually do the show the second week of June. So uh, I think I, I think I'm guessing like June 13th or whatever the Sunday is that's coming up. So you have a full three months until E3. But we're in this in this situation, Rand. You said it really well when you talked about how they haven't said anything since Activision Blizzard. That you and I are very used to seeing big, cool announcements or or big flexes from Xbox almost every Monday, and they haven't said anything in two or three months other than a couple Game Pass things. So it's like, do we want to wait three months to see what the E3 event's going to be, or can they squeak something in? Um, from now until next month? No. I would say no. I would say no because we saw we saw that they're hiring somebody for to be the director of like game shows or that's not the exact yeah. title, but it it's something along those lines. And if they're hiring for it now, broadcast, they're probably yeah. you know we'll we'll talk. You know they'll they wouldn't be able to do anything right away. It's it's more for end of the year and definitely for next year and beyond. Yeah. Um. I, I, let me let me pause you really quick there because Nick said something that I totally agree with, but I also have like a counter to. He says, "Special Nick says, I mean, they just bought Activision." Laugh out loud, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm. What more do you want? They just bought a major publisher, but they also completely quickly turned around and responded with, um, you know, the, our biggest stuff. They didn't quite say that, right? But our biggest stuff will probably rem- this is the best way to say it. our biggest Activision and Blizzard games will probably remain multi-plat. It's kind of how they that's isn't that how we look at it as a as a fan base? Well, like, I mean, definitely Call of Duty, right? So right, and they um, said other big titles. So yeah, but who knows like, what that means? I mean, yeah, who knows what that means? Overwatch so two, you know. The reason why I, I, I read Nick's comments because I agree with him, but I also feel like the fans are like. We, we got this big announcement, but we also know it's going to take a year or a year and a half until that turns over. And, and it's still in flux. And Xbox fans are like, I know you did this, but you got it. We need to know what's going on in the near future. We're going to cover that uh, here in a little bit. Um, Pesky Krogan, his channel member, said, Gotham Knights coming to Game Pass. Any comments, Colt? I would have no idea, but... A big game like Warner Brothers. There's rumors right now, Rand, uh, this morning, uh, before you and I talked, that that PlayStation wants to... I don't know where this rumor comes from. or People are just wishing into existence that PlayStation wants to get that Harry Potter game into their PlayStation Now or whatever uh, initiative at the end of the year once they get ready to unroll that. How possible is it that WB would sign a deal with PlayStation to put... Harry Potter's game, the Hogwarts game, into a service day and date at launch for PlayStation. That I mean, that's what that's kind of what the discussion is. Maybe I mean I don't know. It would be it would I think it would definitely be big because I think I would see, I could potentially see a lot of people signing up for it, but. I, I don't know. A lot of uh, PlayStation fans on Twitter try to pretend to be insiders and. Uh, 
They usually get everything wrong because they're just making stuff up and all they're really trying to do is get followers on their Twitter account and get retweets and likes. They don't actually know anything. So this mm-hmm. maybe sounds more like wishful thinking, like, oh, well, Hogwarts yeah. Legacy is going to launch with, you know, Project Spartacus whenever Project Spartacus comes out, right? And yeah, they're and just the hoping for thing, it because... They're just kind of putting things together, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, m- m- maybe it might happen. Maybe Sony opens up the checkbook and Hogwarts Legacy is a good title to grab. Uh, I don't know, uh, but... I would have to see where this rumor originated from because if it originated from some someone on Twitter, then you can probably assume it's automatically 100% wrong. You know? so, <laughs> like that, what was that rumor that broke um, we talked about last week? And the guy goes, I was just trolling. I can't even remember what it was about. Oh, about like uh, Sony acquiring Konami's one of Konami's IPs, oh, yeah. and people thought it was Metal Gear, and yeah, uh, uh, you know, he's like basically, basically, it's like I did this as a joke, but people fell for it. Not only YouTubers, but outlets fell for it because outlets is just they just write stuff up. They don't care. They just will source. Be like, well, this person said, and this person's got a hundred followers, but whatever. And then, like, a bunch of people online were like, this state of play is going to have, it's going to it's gonna have Metal Gear, it's going to have Silent Hill, it's going to have Street Fighter Six. it's going to have Resident Evil 4 exclusive, you know, it's going to have X, Y, and Z and all these big things, and it really mm-hmm. had nothing, right? So, God of War Ragnarok release date. Yeah, God of War Ragnarok release date, Last mm-hmm. of Us Part Two remake or whatever, you know, Last of Us remake. Um, yeah, so maybe it blew people's expectations sky high, but... Um, I don't know. Um, I do. It's, it's, I guess it's possible, but I would say it's probably, we don't even know what Spartacus really is. Like, we don't even know if Sony's going to be trying their hardest to even get day one third party games. I mean, it's easier to get indie titles for sure, but like the amount of money you would have to spend to try to get a Hogwarts legacy game, which let's be honest, that game's probably going to sell good, great regardless um, like it, Elden I, Ring, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't even why? know. I mean, it didn't even know if it even needs the extra help. Um, you know, like maybe Outriders did or sure. MLB The Show coming to Xbox because it's never been on Xbox before where, like, you can make an argument for, like, that makes sense. But, like, a Harry Potter game from Warner Brothers, it's like I feel like that game's going to do well enough regardless. And, like, I don't know, the whole Gotham Knights thing. Um, I mean, it would be cool if Gotham Knights you know came day one to game pass but once again i also think people are reaching on that one um Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if gotham knights had had playstation marketing anyways so then you know they most likely wouldn't be able to come to game pass but uh most of the time when you think about like big triple a games coming to game pass the answer normally is no (laughs) especially third party triple i mean we haven't really seen that many come day day and date day one. We usually see them come five six months later, like uh, yeah, Square Enix's uh, you know Guardians of the Galaxy from Idols Montreal that came like four months later. But for the most part, the big third party AAA games tend to shy away from doing day one, and Gotham Knights is going to be one of those. And I don't, th- they're probably going to shy away from doing it. So I mean, well, I this me- is. This people, people were cold. People were sure that di- that February was either going to have Dying Light Two in Game Pass, which yes. it didn't, and it sold right. pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. And then they were sure it was going to be Elden Ring, and it didn't. And it basically <laughs> blew sales of records away. I yeah. think people just look at like whatever's the next big AAA game on the horizon. They'll be like, "Is this Xbox Game Pass?" 
and they hype it up, and then then it doesn't happen, and then they think like, "What's the next? Is this Xbox Game Pass?" And the answer is probably no, it's not. So it it, it is kind of weird because um, you would think just the sheer idea of getting Gotham Knights in Game Pass or in Project or Project Spartacus must not be cost effective or. I don't know because it just it's not happening. The like you said, the biggest AAA games that came day and date to Game Pass were Outriders and MLB The Show, and um, that's one thing that Xbox fans are asking for right now. Like Phil, we're going to talk about how Phil said, "Well, Back for Blood as well. Back for Blood did come to Game Pass, and it, I know it, how you feel about Back for Blood, but yes, yes, I forgot about Back for Blood, and, and when Phil says like." We want a steady stream of games, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And we know that from January until March, if you count uh, upcoming Shredders and Tunic, that there's nothing. Or maybe if you if you talk about from January until the late summer when Redfall drops, if you're talking AAA, right? Then the fans are clamoring for Xbox and Phil's team to say, what deal can we strike to get something big that we don't own into Game Pass? And I just don't know if that's something they're even considering right now. I mean, I'm sure they're considering it. I'm sure they have conversations all the time. But either the third parties are unwilling to take that too soon, or mm-hmm. uh, and they're just like, wait, you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it six months later, you know, as like a extra revenue source. But we don't want to do it day one. I I still think there's a lot of third party publishers that are um a little bit uh wor- like they're they're just kind of cautious about it and they don't they don't want to do it because they feel like maybe it would eat into the sales of their games even though there are some data points that show that's not the case like with Forza Horizon 5 selling more than 4 even right. though it was on or, Game Pass uh, and stuff like that so or they feel like maybe that it trips up or slows down like the sales speed of a game at at the launch window that if you put it in Game Pass or something like that, the that... problem is you can't you can't do an A B test. Like you have Elden mm-hmm. Ring, right? You have Elden yeah. Ring that sells all these copies, but would would Elden Ring have sold more if it was in Game Pass on day one? Would it have sold more? Because that's the kind of thing you're talking about, right? Like because that's the sort of argument Xbox makes, where they like, hey, if your game's in Game Pass, there's a there's a good chance that it'll sell more than it normally would. They they get a boost just purely from you going to your Xbox Live friends to logging on and seeing them playing that game, whatever it is that's right. on Game Pass. But but the and but the they, question they though, Colt, is, is how big Elden Ring is, would it could it have actually sold more if it was in Game Pass day one? And my mind I go to probably not because it already right. sold incredibly well. So I, I can't imagine just because it was in Game Pass that more people bought it not only on Xbox, but then maybe all the people talking about it made more people buy it on PC and PlayStation because that game was already talked about regardless. So those are sort of things that, you know, Xbox sort of tries to impart the third parties where it's like Back for Blood or Outriders where not only will you see more sales on our platform, but because of the uh, engagement and the social reach of it, more people will buy back for blood on PC or outriders on PC. So you actually get more sales, but like you can't really kind of prove that because there's no AB test you could run to be like, okay, well, here's a scenario where it did launch and here's a scenario where it didn't, which one did it sell more? So 
I think I think I just think third party publishers are a little bit wary about putting their games day one. I think they have no qualms about doing it six months or a year later, clearly, because they're like, okay, the sales of the game has died down. We can get some rejuvenation in here, mm-hmm. you know, but I think they're a little still a little bit worried about doing it day one. And it looks like even Sony themselves is a little bit you know, not doing it for their own Spartacus service, which, you know, Jeff Grubb and Jason Schreer have said won't have PlayStation Day 1 titles into their subscription service. So, As far as they know, right? Well, yeah. at least immediately. Maybe they will. Yeah. I think they will at some point. Uh, but whether that point's a year from now or two years from now is anybody's guess. I think they know that if unless the subscriber number is going to reach a certain amount, it's not worth it to go day and date. Because we're sitting here talking about how a big publisher like... From software is about to put Elden Ring on these platforms and they don't want to put it on Game Pass. But then you have a major multi-million dollar project from an Xbox first party studio that automatically has to go in there. And you have to wonder, how does that feel? Like, could they have bigger sales? Or, you know, because well, there's, I mean, there's but- 25 million subs, but on Game Pass, but how many of those people download and and play the game? You know, a very small portion, and and maybe that cuts the Xbox platform sales in half, maybe it boosts it, but they've said it's made it bigger. So, well, but yeah, but it makes sense for Xbox because they're 100% behind game pass subscription service. And the only way to grow it is by putting your games in there by leading by example. We're going to put our games in there, lead by example and have like other indie titles or under indie games and third parties like, Oh, well, Xbox is doing it. Maybe it does work out well for them Mm -hmm. so that's the only way to make game pass work is you have to be fully committed like with everything and that includes all your games from all your all your studios like have to be in there so um, okay i've got i got one thing to ask you as we close this part of the discussion uh because i forgot to talk about grand theft auto 5 but do you think xbox is going to try and get one big get beside besides mlb 22 in Game Pass in the next couple of months. I mean, who knows? People people were sure that they were going to try to get somebody something big for February because they got to do something to combat Horizon Forbidden West, and they right. didn't do anything, right? No. Um, I mean, they had a couple, okay, but... They didn't do February, anything. March wasn't that great. Which, which was it February? That was the bad year, month? That February was wasn't about. the best month, but March yeah, has like... Yeah. Um, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy game. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes okay. they have a big month like January where they get like Mass Effect and they get Hitman like one, two, and three. And um, I think there was another game that came out in January. And then they have a month like February where it was kind of really nothing. Um, so it's too so, it's, it's too tough to say. Like they're gonna be like, well, it's April, so let's get a big game in there. It's just who knows. Sometimes it's a big month and sometimes it's not. You know. Okay. Um, why in the heck is Grand Theft Auto Five not thrown into Game Pass like they did with San Andreas when it's only a $20 game? What are they doing? Could be something to do with their contract with PlayStation because oh, yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation gets marketing. PlayStation Plus. Uh, the Grand Theft Online is free for PlayStation users for the first three months. It might have something to do with that. Yeah, that's probably um, right. I was very surprised when they sold this uh, half price. So th- I thought for sure Rockstar would be selling Grand Theft Auto 5 Xbox Series X and PS5 version for full price. 
60 like, 60 70 yeah. bucks and and then yeah. like no it's it's actually going to be what 40 and then it's actually going to be on sale half off so on Xbox you can get it for 20 and on PlayStation you can get it for 10 and you know what I was like 20 bucks I had a $20 gift card on there and I'm like I bought it I bought it cuz it's like whatever I haven't played Grand Theft Auto 5's campaign in 9 years it's yeah, going to have 60 have frames right. I'm like you know what it's only 20 bucks I don't care I'm buying this <laughs> I bought it on 360, bought the Xbox One version, and then a year and a half later bought the PC version, and now I will not buy the next one. Uh, if you're having a good time, this is the XC Podcast, and I'm Cold Eastwood. I'm here with Randall Thor 19. He is a massive Xbox force on the YouTube circuit. I'm cold. Got... I haven't released a video in a month. Shut so up, Randall. You, you shut up. You, you shut up about <laughs> Xbox force. I'm nobody. I haven't released a video. Nobody even cares. Oh Stop my it. gosh. Rand, Rand's got over 85,000 subscribers. He is 87,000 subscribers. I said you get it right, sir. And you know what I did say? I did say if I had 100,000 subscribers this year, I'd go on camera forever. But uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen, Cold Eastwood, so you'll never get me on camera. Thing, things are a little quiet sometimes, but Rand, you're amazing. He runs the Xbox 2 podcast. He's got his YouTube channel where he's bringing the gaming news. Right now, him and I haven't like done a lot of videos, but Xbox needs to step it up some some bigger news, which I think we're going to be hearing about soon. But if you're enjoying the show and you're having a good time, minimize the chat, hit the like button. Let's get that up uh, close to 500. We've got almost 800 people watching live. It means a lot. A lot of people in the chat that I see every week are amazing. And uh, Alexander says, Rand, stop putting yourself down. You're amazing. And he said, <laughs> he didn't say you're amazing, but I'm going to add that in there because I think you're great. Uh, Purple Haze 45, 64. Thank you so much for the $5. He said, hey, do you think Microsoft will acquire a DC property game exclusive to Xbox or even a Marvel property or maybe even a WB game studio? Hmm. Hmm. Is uh, Xbox going to work on on something DC related? I mean, I kind of see Microsoft not interested in doing stuff with licenses. And I know people will say Indiana Jones, but I'm pretty sure the Indiana Jones deal was made before Xbox acquired them. So, like, that was yeah, it was pitched like ten years ago. You know. So Xbox yeah. tends to typically stay away from licensed stuff because it eats into your profit margins. Um, Are there so, examples of Xbox doing licensed games, movie games, or or licensed IP? I don't think so. Yeah, so no, I really don't see them doing anything with Marvel um, or DC unless they essentially bought like Warner Discovery and owned WB Games and the IPs. Um, I mean, I would love to be wrong because I would love for them to do a, a DC property. Like, wouldn't it be cool if it was like they made like a Daredevil game, right? Kind of like a. Batman. I think it'd be great if they did a Wonder Woman game. Um, well, I mean, they're already doing a Wonder Woman game, Colt. Monolith's doing Wonder Woman for for WB. You know. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Gosh, I'm looking forward to that. Though that's a great team. I'm looking forward to you that. No, I would, didn't even jump how, on that. How about an X-Men game? I know, I know Sony's doing a Wolverine game, but what about an X-Men game where kind of like Suicide Squad where you can get like four characters and you can mess around with? Like, I would love for them to do a WB or a DC or a Marvel game. I don't necessarily think that's in the works. I think Microsoft would, I think Microsoft wants to own their stuff. So, yeah, they do. They like to boast their franchises and IPs that they've built and, uh, 
some of them that they buried, like people talked about Rare today about how they had all these great IPs in the 90s. And then the 2000, late 2010s Rare uh, was making Sea of Thieves and Everwild. I actually want to talk about Everwild briefly. Rand and I are also going to talk on the show today about the hirings and leavings of studios and where they're sitting on these games that we've been waiting a long time to even see at all. And one of them I want to start with is Everwild. A developer, a female developer, was excited and sharing on social media that she had just been hired in a top-level design position for Everwild. And a lot of the reaction of gaming fans in the community are like, oh, thank goodness this game's still live. Rand, I know you don't know a lot about Everwild. Can you kind of set the stage of what and where Everwild is with Rare? Um, Who knows what Everwild is? We've only seen the couple trailers, and it does look beautiful, but we have no idea what the gameplay is. Mm-hmm. And... According to reports, uh, they had trouble figuring out what the gameplay or what the gameplay loop was going to be, and the game was essentially rebooted after the original creative director left. And oh uh, that <laughs> was another one. Well, that was so. I that think was that was like last two year, years ago two years. Last I, year. I don't yeah. know exactly when, but um, they're still working on it. You know, Sea of Thieves is still doing incredibly well for Rare, so they got all the time in the world to try to make sure Everwild is the game they want it to be instead of releasing like a half, half broken half game or whatever. So I, I got to add in to what you said, Rand, before you move forward, that some of the people at the studio were not happy with when he says gameplay loop. They weren't happy that the game was combat free, which the original design is to make a god type game and i don't know what examples of a of a god world game in that genre are maybe Rand could talk about that after i say this but um everwild was supposed to be a non-combat related game where you just did things and and uh, collaborated with the wildlife and looked for mysteries or whatever and people in the studio were like th- figuring out that the fans wouldn't enjoy this game unless there was um what's the word uh starts with a C that means you're going to have, I can't think of the word uh, that you're going to have some type of confrontation in the game, some type of, what do you call it in a movie? You have to have like a villain or you have to have something to fight. Like they, they figured that fans, which I think is a good call. Like you're, you've built all this stuff. You've built animations, characters, you built the world and environment. And then somebody steps in and says, Hey, I think if we build some sort of conflict in combat, that's the word I was looking for. I'm sorry. I know all these CON words and that wasn't the one. So if you build some kind of conflict and build a combat system, that the game is going to land better. So I think that's kind of where you were getting at, Ran, is that they've kind of gone back to say, let's build in a combat system and uh, combat. Well, I mean, I don't know what they're building in, but whatever the gameplay loop was uh, before, yeah. they you know they couldn't nail it down or whatever, and they had to be rebooted. Um but yeah, so Everwild, you know, maybe comes out in a couple of years. Uh, you know, hopefully it looks like it looked because it looked. That was one thing it had going for it. It was, it was those trailers were like, damn, those it looks like a beautiful looking game. But um, who knows like what ra- the gameplay looks like is? A rare game, yeah, whimsical. You know, looks like a watercolor in action, and and everyone's like looking for a third person, semi realistic thing. But it's not going to happen from Rare, but. Um, yeah, so like you just said, Ran, you're like the creative director left. So Everwild is hiring people, and we covered this on Gaza's show, but Playground Games just announced 
15 new positions in a tweet. It was like a list like this of senior and lead animators, senior artist, senior sound designer, lead this, lead senior that. And I'm like, what? Is, is Fable, this is only for Fable. I'm like, is Fable even being built yet? Are you hiring like the heads of, of all these teams? Like, are you guys working on this game? And uh, then I did some digging to find out some of these lead people are just experts that will work in a team of, of other people at that level, like a room full of people that do the animation and a room full of lead audio people. So when you see those hirings, that's what's going on. But Rand, what were some of the, some people were leaving some big Xbox games that we've yet to see. We were talking about it pre-show. Let the audience know who is bailing out of the Xbox parachute. I'm bailing out of the Xbox parachute. And so are you. We're going to go make PlayStation channels. No, we're gonna uh, go make PlayStation channels, and we're gonna just make stuff up about everything and talk about Xbox on our PlayStation channels. And then we're gonna wait for State of Play, and the day before, we're gonna say Bloodborne Two. Yeah, we're gonna be like Bloodborne yeah. Remastered is gonna be there, and Bloodborne <laughs> Two, and all these other games. And uh, you know, we're we're gonna be a PlayStation channels that talk about how Xbox sucks. That's what we're gonna do because that's what people do now. Just as long as we get to talk about Xbox. That's yes. all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just going to change the green to blue, you know? So, <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, uh, when Rand and I are on the phone, we make jokes about flipping our channels into uh, just total, uh, just as. You know, you, sh- you, should, you should turn yours into a Nintendo channel. They have all Ooh. the new red and stuff. Talk about Breath of the Wild 2 and all well, these uh, looks like a triangle Switch. strategy and, you know, uh, like Splatoon 3, you know? That's the, that's the new channel you need to ch- take your channel. You need to be a Nintendo <laughs> Switch channel. Oh, my gosh. Uh, no, I don't think so. It, it, you know, it is it is really cool to... Um, we've well, always Cole, been passionate Cole, about Come on, you could, you could literally put a Switch right behind you. All those Xbox controllers, you could have a Switch kind of sitting behind you, you know... Along with your guitars and your records, I mean, look at look, look at all those. What, what are those wait, controllers? Wait. Do I have to play the games because I don't even know what they make? Anymore. Yeah, I mean, you you'd have to maybe like play Animal Crossing for a little bit so you can speak about it. I would love to do that. Cole, you know, is, that, is, that a, that. is that a Halo controller behind you? Did you get the Halo Elite I, V2? Yeah. Can I tell you guys something? I've been using that controller since it came out. Uh, what, like three months? And I've been playing Elden Ring and use right bumper a lot. And I feel like the right bumper is not registering very often. That's a that's a common thing, isn't it? Is it the right bumper or is it any of the bumpers? Let, let, you know, Cole, grab that control. I want to see it up close. Come on. I want to okay. I want to see that. I want to see that controller up close. You just wanted to see my rear end when I got up. Oh, okay. yeah. Here, I'll turn the light on, which will kick on my Xbox. Man, I just saw me in the replay. Look at that. Look at that. Um, Look at that Halo controller. Wow. Here, so I, I got to hold it like this. Yeah, this controller is amazing, but the right bumper, I feel like, doesn't register. Like when I flip to a menu in Elden Ring or I swing at a at an enemy. Yeah, look at the back. I don't. I took the paddles off because they get in the way, and I don't mm. use them. What a great controller. Yeah, Xbox got more controllers than games. Shut up, Brand. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're being messy in the chat, bringing up another uh, YouTuber that uh you know just talk about what you like that's that's what we always say like just either talk about the news or talk about you like and um i don't think we live in a vacuum that's the thing Rand. like 
sometimes you have to bring up PlayStation in comparison. Sometimes you have to say that Forza Horizon is a killer racing franchise compared to all other ones. And you know what you're talking about? Gran Turismo 7. Shout out to over 800 people who are watching the show. If you're having fun, we're going to get into these talks about Phil Spencer giving us a look ahead into the near future for Game Studios. Give us a like and support the channel and the show. And thank Rand for taking time out of uh, his expert gaming to, uh, playing to actually, you know, I, I, I finished a book last night called Eastwood because I was like, I finished Elden Ring. I'm done. 70 hours. Got all the achievements. Uh, you know, I'm such a God gamer that I didn't use guides whatsoever. I just knew what to do the entire time. No, I'm kidding. I, of course, I use guides at the end to find out where legendary items I missed and how to do the bad ending, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but you know me, Colt. Like I've been, I've been reading a lot, a lot of these, a lot of these book series that I've kind of uh, uh, wanted to read. But I read the standalone book yesterday called Recursion uh, by Blake Crouch, and it is three hundred and fifty pages, and I read it in a day. It was really good, Colt. It was really good. Jeez, really no wonder you don't answer my phone calls. You're like, yeah, crossing I, I, my eyes looking into a book. Um, I totally forgot what you really, you know, you threw me off with the controller thing. You want oh, to we talk, you, about... you want to talk about perfect dark, right? You want to talk about people leaving. Oh my the gosh, initiative. you have a great memory. Like I can't even think back seven seconds, but I uh, yeah, I did ask you about some people that left because the very first knee jerk reaction is, oh no. And we've seen it. And like, you're, you're, it's okay out there chatting audience. If somebody leaves the studio and you go, oh no, because. We watched it happen with some big Xbox games. It happened with Halo. Chris Lee left, and they had to. I mean, it happened really with Everwild, pivot. right? Happened, happened with, with Everwild. Everwild. They pivoted. Um, what else? Well, there was another studio where people left. I mean, Rod Ferguson left. Rod Ferguson left, and now he's back. He's back. <laughs> he's back. He's back, he's soon, back whether he wants to or not, right? So, Dan Nurberger, the director of the initiative the for game Perfect director Art. and this game he director. he left a year after drew murray left he, uh, dan is the head of the team that directly reports to daryl gallagher who is the emperor of the initiative right i mean i don't know what their all their job titles are called but dan has worked with daryl gallagher for a decade rebooting the tomb raider franchise great job with tomb raider and rise of the tomb raider and now he's back to lead the initiative or the Crystal Dynamics, the team he used to work with for Perfect Dark, but he left. Why? Why did he go, Rand? Where did where is he going? I mean, What's going I don't on? know. Who knows? It wasn't just him, but there was other uh, people who saw that the lead gameplay animator left and somebody else left. Um, uh, and I don't know if this is a precursor because people will be like, well, you know, this must mean Perfect Dark's in trouble. Right, people mm-hmm. are leaving. You know, you got the game director leaving. You got Drew Murray leaving the year before. You got the lead gameplay animator leaving. That doesn't necessarily, you know, they're not like the greatest signs of smooth game development, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, I guess it. My thought on the initiative was always that they were going to be like a small team that would essentially create something from prototype stage, concept stage to the pre-production stage, like create everything and then hand it off to another studio to make. In this instance, like they did everything for Perfect Dark and we know Crystal Dynamics is working on it. So they just, everything's finished. 
and they hand it to Perfect Dark for Perfect Dark to actually finish the game, make the game. And now those guys, the game director, the gameplay animator, there's really nothing left for them to do until they do like another, you know, design. And this is just my speculation. It, I could be 100% wrong. Uh, yeah, Rand and I were until, like, we're like this. They with- go, they go, and they they build another franchise and work it out and build it out and you know give it to somebody else. Or it could just be like, hey, they got better job offers from somewhere else. One of the guys left and is joined Xbox. Uh, well, continue continue to join Xbox, and he's working at the Coalition. Yeah, uh, maybe the they animator. got better job offers. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't like the way the state of the game is. It's too early to tell because we don't even know what the game looks like. We've seen the trailer, which is CGI. We haven't seen gameplay. Um, right. So, so it, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. The best thing that Rand and I could do, like, because you'll see doom and gloom and the and the fud and everything when somebody leaves. But the best thing Rand and I could do is explain to you, to the best of our knowledge, of what we think the initiative is doing, where they're at, looking back at the tweets the updates and some of the information i've i've watched their interview videos several times where they talk about what they built over a year ago a year and a half ago so the best thing that we can do is tell you like Rand said that the initiative is made up of 70 people who are supposed to workshop build concept and create and the initiative built a playable framework of perfect dark drew murray had phil spencer get hands-on in the game over a year ago Drew Murray also said, who now works at the Insomniac, also said that his daughter has played the build of the game. So when you think about Crystal Dynamics, which is a team of 100-some people that built the Tomb Raider games, that if now they've got the engine, the framework, some of the animation creations, the whole structure of the game in their hands, that if Dan Nurberger, the game director, says, all right, we're at the point where Daryl is going to lead his Crystal Dynamics team that he used to work with, and they're going to build the game over the next year and a half. That's our guess, right? That the game comes out sometime in 2024 or 2023 maybe, but or over the next two years, that Dan's like, I've done my thing. I don't really want to stay here at the initiative. This is my speculation. Dan's like, I, you know, that was great. We did, you know, just some good stuff. I've got a better offer. They're already going to do their thing. And they're going to build the game. So I think that's as far as you can eke out of that. Or you could kind of put in what Rand said. Maybe he didn't like where he was going and he'd rather do something way better. And that's all that like we can tell you from where we sit. Because the initiative has said almost nothing. Like they've said like three things over the past three years, right? Yeah, they haven't really talked at all. Yeah. So, so um, we'll get back in. So let me grab a couple supers here that are piling up. We got uh, Risk It for the Biscuit. My Australian buddy that I talked to when we're playing Elden Ring, he says, I don't think it would have been good for Elden Ring to go to Game Pass. I think it's a few specific type of games that really see benefit. Older titles, MMOs, and I agree with Risk It. Like these multiplayer co-op games or or competitive games do really well in Game Pass because you get more people in and then you kind of get that outside growth. People jump in. Michael Mooney with a five-pound super says, should Microsoft take a look at buying Warner Brothers plus Discovery? They're valued at $45 billion. Rand, if and when? I mean, $45 billion, so then you would have to buy them for like 80 or $90 billion. Does Microsoft want to be in the comic book business because they would own dc would they want to do they want to be in the hbo max business subscription tv because they own hbo max 
Like, sure, yeah, you get Warner yeah. Brothers games, but remember, AT&T was thinking about selling Warner Brothers games for, like, $4 billion. And, I sure, I guess you could buy the whole kit and caboodle, and you wouldn't have to worry about licensing IP, because you would own the Batman, you know, IP. You would own Wonder Woman. You would own all that. This The question is, you know, are is Microsoft looking to get into, like, essentially... Uh, the Netflix world, where you run a subscription uh, network. I mean, maybe, maybe I that think could so. maybe that could gel well with Game Pass in some manner. I don't know, but then again, like HBO Max is going to have more subscribers than Game Pass, anyways, just like Disney Plus and Netflix do. So maybe, I mean, but then like they just spent seventy billion dollars on Activision Blizzard, which was something that came together really quickly, mainly because. The company stock was in such a downfall because of everything that Bobby Kotick was doing. And King um, is like a weird yeah. like outlet of that. Well, King King is a mobile really thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I guess it really depends on Microsoft's goals, plans, and ambitions for the next 20 years. Does Warner Discovery fit into those plans? I mean, um, I don't know. PlayStation bought Crunchyroll, so PlayStation – or Sony did. So Sony kind of – um they they grabbed something that was in their inter- but they have like an entertainment mogul there. Um, would Microsoft want to have like this diversified portfolio of different things that they're running? Um, I mean, how Microsoft money, tried yeah. to be sort of an entertainment with Mixer and they got out of that real quick. Uh huh. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I guess it depends on, on like what their plans and goals are. If like owning Warner Brothers Discovery and running HBO max and Warner's, you know, movie division is something that Microsoft wants to be in, then they would consider it and do it. But like, that's the question is like, cause it wouldn't, cause you wouldn't buy the whole thing just literally only for WB games. Right. Cause you, it's bigger than that. So, and, and at that point, would the government allow it? Would the government be like, cause we're already, we're seeing the government right now. At least this administration is a lot more, uh, against uh, big mergers and acquisitions, mm-hmm. especially on the tech side, would the current administration be like, "Yeah, you know, we would allow Warner and Discovery to to for to merge with Microsoft," or would they be like, "No, this is too big"? Like, there's a lot of questions there. So, let me ask you another thing. Um, I think Xbox has three times more more studios in PlayStation, or at least double, with what they have coming up with Activision Blizzard. Um, I just don't think Xbox needs to buy any more studios. That's what we're going to get into because once everything is ready to rock and the and the stuff is only coming to Xbox platform for the most part, um, do you need to buy Warner Brothers to get more content to your platform? Or you always need thing? more content, Cody Swood, because you yeah. never know what studios can hit on their on their timeline stuff yeah. gets delayed all the time you can never have like look you can never have more you can, you can never have more than enough content but there are times where you, you you can't have enough content like right now there's just not enough content and as we'll yeah. get into what Phil said on Xbox era they're very very aware of that so me and Jazz had that conversation on Xbox 2 a while ago at some because it seems like at some point cuz he's like did they need to buy more and I'm like 100% like you need to buy more, whether it's Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal from Square or IO Interactive or Avalanche or somebody else. Like You need more studios making more games so there's less of a gap in your Game Pass portfolio 
because yep. I mean, just look at last year had a big gap last year, and so did well, Xbox. They're just offset, right? Well, look at look at last year. Like it, it looked like Xbox Game Pass didn't grow the first nine months of the year mm-hmm. because there wasn't like big releases. And they finally announced twenty over twenty five million when they bought Activision, but people were expecting thirty million sure. because yeah. I think like Special Nick and and Jez had reported that it was around twenty two million in April, which means it didn't go up that much, which means it fluctuated throughout the the whole year because you know outside of Outriders and uh, MLB, the first seven or eight months of Game Pass didn't really have any any big titles and it looks like so far at least this year maybe it's the same thing where there's not the big titles so game pass uh you know subscribers fluctuate until they can hit that point where there's a hellblade in february and then there's like another game a couple months later where you need that consistent content so that's why i'm saying like yeah they need to buy more i think they will buy more I don't know if they'll buy yeah. more this year or or after or you know later after the Activision thing uh, clears, but most likely, yeah. I hundred percent think they need more. Um, so, so I mean, like, because you're right, because what we've seen with some of their, uh, let's face it, most of their third party deals ha- are kind of like in flux or in delay, or we're not talking about release date. Warhammer Dark Tide, Stalker Two. Atomic, well, Atomic Hearts for Game Pass, which they consider content moving forward. But they, what I'm getting at is Xbox knows that they're not going to be able to control when their teams are going to release because it seems like Xbox has kind of adopted a we want them to finish their games instead of pushing for a fiscal, you know, target. So you're right, Rand. If they buy more studios, they don't have to worry about when people land. They're just going to have more of an opportunity for things to land more frequently so xbox era's podcast they hit a hundred episodes so they've run the show for about two years and rand and i've been on there before those are really cool guys um uh, yeah (laughs) they have a great show but they got phil to sit with them on a pre-recorded thing for about 12 minutes and talk to them and they asked us some questions they uh, got him to talk about starfield but one thing that phil said you might know the phrase better than I do if I paraphrase it, but he said that we want to get to the point where there's more frequent content on the Xbox platform for releases. Is that pretty much what he said? I mean, essentially. I mean, you yeah. have to bring up the quote or whatever, right? Yeah, and so what? there's a couple of things that went on when Phil said this that they didn't really ask him about this, but Phil is addressing concerns proactively to the fans who know that Last year, the first six or uh, yeah, there's Nick in the chat. Thank you. Maybe Nick can fit, can iron that out for me. Uh, he's awesome. But the first, let's say, the first eight months of last year were not really filled with games and had a couple of deals that they had in the in the early spring that were really small games. And the same thing's happening this year. And what Phil said was he's addressing that concern, but he's also projecting Rand. I think what he's saying is this. Winter and spring until we get into summer is the last drought that they expect from Xbox. Did you get that from his, or am I just being uh, <laughs> super, super uh, positive? I mean, that's kind of what me and Jazz have been saying for a long time now is that 2022 is supposed to be the last of kind of like what Xbox was, where they would have all their titles backloaded at the end of the year. And that mm-hmm. 2023 
and beyond was going to be when everything was going to start coming out and that they could have titles actually launch in the first half of the year alongside titles launching at the end of the year. So I'm not surprised Phil said that um, because I think that totally aligns with a lot of the information that we've been told. So, mm-hmm. which needs to happen because um, I've always thought it was a bad look. It was just, not necessarily maybe a bad look, but just disappointing that Xbox would always only release their games in like the September to November time frame. It's like, yo, what about all? What about I mean, the other like months of the except, year? Like I mean, sure, Quantum Break comes out or whatever but stay decay in the in the spring but like where's their big their big best games were always at the end of the year you're absolutely right yeah uh another thing and nick's in the chat kind of ironing out what i said but another thing phil said is he added the word quarterly in there so like or he didn't say quarter i think every quarter he said so they know as they look forward barring delays because everyone is delaying their games even playstation right now and hopefully that'll start ironing out but that you won't just have that late summer and early or late summer and into the fall release that they can have stuff coming at the beginning of the year or in the summer when I've always said, stop holding your games all this summer because hardcore gamers play all year round. And yeah, I go outside and do stuff. I'll go out and see what the world looks like outside of this game room. But at night I am playing games every night. So I need releases all year long. And so it sounds like Phil is, expecting that to be a thing um so 2022 right ran um this is like the last of the drought so you agree with that i mean i would hope so (laughs) we always talk about the weight the weight drives us crazy um let me grab a couple super chats here (laughs) just wait for e3 uh Chris Burns, what they, um, yeah, yeah, I wanted to read this because we were kind of wrapping up that subject. But Chris Burns, thank you so much for the five pound super chat. He says, What about Perfect Dark losing another big name person from development? I'm really worried about its development. So I'll just ask you, Rand, from that question since we talked about that a few minutes ago. Are you worried about the development in Crystal Dynamics' hands and the heads of initiative kind of saying, Hey, you guys got it from here? Are you no, worried? No, no, not, not really. I mean, okay. we never saw, we never. I've a lot of the games I played from Crystal Dynamics are great. Like the two Tomb Raider games. Uh, well, actually, yeah, uh, Tomb Raider Definitive Edition or the the reboot plus yeah. uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. I thought were fantastic, and I I thought when the camp when Marvel Avengers was focused on the campaign, I thought it was actually really good. It was when it struggled with the multiplayer aspect that I thought that it was pretty bad. So. For the most part, like I'm, I'm really into the stuff Crystal Dynamics makes. So, um, I, um, I, I got to say something about Avengers. Sorry to interrupt you, Ran. Um, I made fun of that game for a while, um, because of how it turned out. But when it came to Game Pass, I said, you know what, I'm just going to play it. And one of my friends said, just play the campaign because I hated that map and the procedurally generated garbage. So, I don't know if a lot of you have played the Avengers campaign, but I just got to say this: if you get a chance. Play only the main missions. It has big set pieces. It looks incredible. And if you have any concerns about Perfect Dark, look at the visuals and the animations and just the production values. Even in that game, of course, Tomb Raider and Rise of Tomb Raider are fantastic. 
So I'm not very worried at all. I just want to see Perfect Dark. Rand, when are we going to see what this game actually plays like? How soon? I don't know. I mean, it could be this year at E3. Uh, I guess it really depends on when they're... I guess it depends on when the game's supposed to come out. I just got caught in checkerboard in 4K by Yodana Quezada. He said, stop damage controlling Colt. You know that Spider-Man's looking like a knockoff from the Bollywood movies. Remember the... Uh, that animation, I said, I was just telling you guys how amazing the animations are. And then I forgot about the Spider-Man where he's he's doing the uh, the uh, Tybo. Do you remember that? Oh, man? you mean the Spider-Man in, in Marvel Avengers? Yeah, invented in Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that just seemed like that was a contract, contract, contractually obligated thing they had to do, and I, it, it looks like they didn't even really care. Oh my gosh, that, that is I forgot. I'm like, it's so amazing in the animation. And Yodani's back there going. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, Yudani. Call me out. I appreciate that. But um, I just remember uh, playing as Captain America, the last level, and oh gosh, that was great. Uh, yeah, it was a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> uh, we got Zatanna Bathari, Bathori with the five dollars says fan fiction Xbox to pick up Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines, an IP from Paradox Interactive, and let Arcane polish it they're working on redfall it's had some development hell she says so uh do, do you care about masquerade bloodlines is that a no is that, i don't care about it, that is it one of those games that people aren't it's kind of a, I, I feel like people talk kind of like saw it and i don't like the trash games i just i have this memory of people not liking what that was turned out to be but um yeah, I don't know. Redfall's coming up. What are your what are your expectations for Redfall? We're going to see a ton of gameplay. I'm predicting that a big chunk of E3, like a 10-minute chunk probably, will be uh, showing Redfall and talking about in some type of beta, multiplayer beta maybe at the end of the year. <laughs> How's that going to go? I mean, look, my hype for Redfall is strictly based on who's making it. Arcane is an incredible developer that has made awesome games from Dishonored, the Dishonored series, to Deathloop. Um, so, Prey. yeah, Prey. So, to me, even though uh, this one seems like it's more uh, Borderlands-ish Left for Dead game, um, I don't... The reason I'm excited for it is because of the pedigree developer. They usually do something special. So maybe they're the ones to reinvent the whole, you know, Left 4 Dead style, Borderlands style, uh, first person shooter type thing that, you know, people have been like talking about or complaining about really. So mm-hmm. I got the utmost faith in Arcane. Uh, they didn't let me down with Deathloop, even though Deathloop isn't their, isn't their best game. Uh, I think that's like Prey or Dishonored 2. They haven't made a bad game in my opinion. So will this yeah. one be the first? I hope not. So uh, I'm really excited to take a look at what makes what Arcane is bringing to the genre, uh, you know. And I, I think it's. I think I think the game's going to be good. I hope it's going to be good. I mean, this so. is their first time building like a full service online uh, cooperative game, um, where normally. Like they've had some multiplayer modes for Prey. I don't think a lot of people did that stuff. Well, there's but... a multiplayer mode in Deathloop as well. Right. So like 
I was talking to somebody about how like this could be really big for Arcane because all the people that play it online, it could become bigger than they're like Dishonored and Prey are really good, but they're Prey is sort of a cult hit. Like it kind of I love the game to death. Like I fell in love with the game when I played it last year, uh, when I got back to it. Um, I don't even know why I dropped it when it first came out. It's amazing. But this is like their big online like it has to be like can it capture the magic of Left for Dead or because Black for Blood didn't uh not for me. But you I mean, played maybe, through Black for Blood. Yeah. I mean Black for Blood was alright. You know, it was fun in co op, but I I'm expecting more from Arcane. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm one of the things that I need to see from Redfall is one of the things I don't like about Back for Blood are those type of games where your character doesn't really build or or grow. You just get new attachments. You get these little um, upgrades. I want to feel like my character is growing, like I'm married to a character in Borderlands where it's I'm adding all these things and I'm getting new gear. I don't want to come in and like, oh, now I have a scope. That's what I'm hoping where it just feels like you really are invested in your character and the character types play very different because you've got one with a robot in Redfall. You've got a, the girl that has like the magic powers and you have a sniper, right? So I'm hoping those feel totally different and arcane never fails to deliver that. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We got Hargit Johnny with a $10 super. Thank you, buddy. He goes, is the PlayStation market leader narrative done highest meta for xbox largest ips nintendo's strongest for the console sales nintendo's largest selling game minecraft largest revenue revenue 10 cent largest profits apple yeah um jeez um i got in so much trouble Rand. let's take a minute for you to make fun of me when i said that xbox was the market leader but well the market leader is such a well, t- my fault is um, I said market leader, but technically the market leader, if, like if you're going by real definition, which I didn't, obviously, is the one who has the most sales and leads in the sales figures. But Xbox, when I say they're the market leader, they're leading in almost every, they're leading in multiplayer. They just led and g- helped lead PlayStation for crossplay for Gearboxes, Tiny Tina borderlands game did you hear about this rand yeah but that i mean i I did see the post about it well i gotta pick your brain about this because xbox is all in the past in the 360 area they the era they were not conducive to cross play and they've changed last generation and of course this generation they've been pushing for cross play to let xbox players play with playstation players and so on but it sounds like 2k and gearbox either twisted PlayStation's arm for crossplay or they relented and paid the crossplay uh slap on the wrist tax. Do you know what this is and can you explain it to people? Basically is is that like um if the people playing these co-op games or whatever that have crossplay if the amount of people playing it the percentage of people playing it on PlayStation is in line with like the amount of money spent on it, then there is no tax. But okay. in, in a scenario, say where more people are playing on PlayStation, and it was something like the gameplay hours played on PlayStation 
if it doesn't equal then the amount of money spent on PlayStation, then they would have to charge um, the developers like a, a crossplay tax to like make up for the lost revenue. Um, and that only really came out because of the Apple versus Google uh, lawsuit yeah, last year. Yeah. That and then suddenly people were like, "What? Like Sony's charging for crossplay?" Um, because it really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, because pe- people are like, "Sony will never do crossplay, right?" Like, they're the market leader, they're the dominant force. Why would they ever do something like that? And then they started doing it, and people were wondering, like, "Okay, that's weird." And then it then it made sense. It was like, "Oh, well, so they're doing it, but then they're charging a tax." And like in the scenarios where like. Mm-hmm. More people are playing the PlayStation version, but the spending in the game isn't in line with that. Then they would charge these people money. So it's like, oh, so no matter what, PlayStation is going to make their money on it. Um, and I think crossplay fell through for Borderlands Three, if I'm not mistaken. But Tiny Tina's is coming out, and uh, that's going to have crossplay day one. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good. That's that's uh, that's that's damn good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Special Nick in the chat said that he tweeted about it this morning. I saw it. And he thinks that Sony relented, like Sony just said, "Hey, all right, fine." And uh, but when you talk about the the dollar amount, maybe it lined up to where I don't know. But it was just funny the way that Randy Pitchford, who's not like the super likable guy, but the way that he reacted and, and made the post and said that thank you, Sony. He thanked Sony twice in the in the post. I don't know if you saw it. Um, well, Ram. because but he's he ever since they've been doing Godfall, he's been talking up the PlayStation. He doesn't really talk about Xbox really, so I'm not surprised oh, he I mentioned yeah. PlayStation yeah. and Sony rather than Xbox. So I'll, remember, I'll grab remember, the tweet for you. You remember you Godfall? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Godfall. Yeah, I know, I know. He's a tiny, tiny. Tiny Tina's Wonderland will ship on 25th of March with full crossplay for all platforms at launch, including PlayStation. Incredible work from the engineers at Gearbox Software with thanks to our partners at 2K Games and first parties, including Sony, for working together on this. So he said PlayStation and Sony. So it just kind of, uh, that statement eeks that they the engineers had to get it all, make it work, it, work on their servers and then they had to do a different type of work with Sony, but everybody else was like, you know, what do you need from us? Maybe that's kind of how that goes. But I'm looking forward to playing that game. I hope it's better than Borderlands 3. But we'll co-op that, won't we, for a few minutes? Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Rand? I don't know, Cody Eastwood. Rand? <laughs> Occasionally, Rand and I get to play games together. We did Outriders in the last spring. And, uh, yeah, you're, yeah. Thank you, Rand. I will, uh, I'll make you sign a document and a contract, but yeah, that's, what's going on with, um, with, uh, cross play. So that should be good. Chaotic brain 420. Thank you so much for the $5 super chat says, what about Lego star Wars? The Skywalker saga and super hype for it. Kind of disappointing. There's no, Oh gosh, there's no online multiplayer. Yeah, I don't think the Lego games ever really have online co-op. Why? I mean, because they sorry, don't. I mean, I, mean, I don't so know. Fun to play that. Like, I I I sat down with my kids and played that. But it'd be so good to play that with a friend over the internet on uh, over Xbox Live in a party chat. Dang it! Uh, are you gonna get that one, Rand? 
Um, what game? I forget what game we're talking about. Skywalker Saga Lego no, game. No, I'm done with Lego games. Yeah, I don't know if I could play them anymore. I've played a lot of them. And um, the weird thing is, like, I have tried to play them again with my kids, and I start getting drowsy when I play them because they're just... They used to be really super exciting. I'm sorry. Uh, Zatana Bathory with the $2 Super Chat says, Will Xbox drop a big tease during the indie event? They've got an ID at Xbox event coming up. Uh, very soon, I don't even know the date, but it'll be loaded uh, full of multi-plat indies. Two days? Yes. It'll be load the same day as State of Play? No, the day before. I think it's on Wednesday. Oh, oh yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Um, that will be loaded full of multi-plat indie games and a couple of games that might be exclusive to Xbox. I'm not quite sure what's going to be in that show. I haven't really looked into it. Sometimes you find some gems on that show. Sometimes I make a video about those when there are some gems, but... Um, I don't expect big announcements because I feel like Xbox is way too quiet right, right now. That's why we've been asking them to speak up with bigger things. Right, Rand? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be any like hidden teases at the thing. This is going to be a show focused on some of the indie games coming to Xbox, with some of them probably coming to Game Pass on day one, and that'll be mostly it. Yep, yep. So, uh, but I'll, I'll check it out. I check. There's there's a couple games. There's a couple indies that I really like that was in the last year's show, like Death's Door. And I really, you'll make fun of me, Ram, but I really liked Art of Rally. I had a that was a really chill game. And there was some other indie I played last year that was fun. I don't remember, but it was good. You don't have to be AAA. Rand, I got to talk to you about 2022. Um, we've been talking about behind the scenes about. E3 and what we're possibly going to see. Can you help me illustrate to the audience what is coming for Xbox as far as unique exclusive content? I'll start us off with a game that comes out in a couple days. The snowboarding game Shredders from a small indie studio is coming out on Thursday, I think it releases of this week. What else is coming for Xbox? What else is... I think there's going to be some games that we're going to get release dates at E3, but... What else is coming? Uh, what, this like, year? Yeah. There's a bunch of games that were supposed to be coming out in 2022, and they don't have release dates. I mean, from first party, you're going to have, like, Redfall and Starfield uh-huh. and Forza Motorsport, presumably. And then, like, right. maybe I have a couple uh, Obsidian's uh, uh, game, uh, Josh, Showers, jo- Josh Sawyer's game might come out this year. Um there might because be a that won't have a name until uh, I mean it's announced. It's like Project I, I think Jez already leaked. I think Jez already leaked the name. So um, I don't remember that. As Dust Falls, I think got raided recently, so that'll probably end up coming out sometime soon. And then there'll probably be like you know stuff like Warhammer Dark Tide, uh, some of those games that were supposed to come out last year. You know, Stalkers was originally supposed to come out in April. Now it's delayed to December, but it's probably not even coming out year because of everything that's going on in Ukraine. They just changed uh, the name from Heart of Chernobyl to Heart of Chernobyl, the Ukraine spelling of Chernobyl, to get it away from the Russian spelling. Mm-hmm. Um, that, but they did make that announcement today that they were changing the spelling of the name. Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl is the full name of the game. Uh, they changed the spelling to use the Ukrainian spelling, which um, means I hope that they're doing okay, they're safe, and... Maybe they're going to be able to work on stuff, but they did say that December d- date is delayed indefinitely, so we're probably not going to see Stalker for a while. Um, 
Tunic is coming out this week as well. Yes. Um, and uh, Scorn is coming out in October, which is... <laughs> I don't know about that game. Uh, I don't know if, the, if how that game's going to land, but th- there's like eight games coming out for Xbox this year. But you've got the small ones that are this spring and then the all the big ones, if you count Scorn, and War- Warhammer Darktide are coming out later in the year. Warhammer Darktide is supposed to be like a summer 2022, if I looked at the last release date. But um, these are all in flux. Like, nobody wants to talk about release dates at all right now. I mean, that is true. Nobody really wants to do that, right? Yeah, and I think... Um, I mean, how when uh, Atomic Heart announced their release date, they basically said it's coming XXXXX member or whatever, which basically means either September, oh. October, November... Or December, because they're not even really sure. So, and are they also in a, in a? Uh, we don't know if we can commit to that because of the difficulties over in Europe. Potentially, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Crud, I was just going to ask you something. I forgot as you brought up Atomic Heart, but um, yeah, it's a it's a really tough situation for games because I think maybe studios are still dealing with the tail end of the pandemic and working from home, and it's just kind of echoed out and pushed games out but um um i think somebody said something in the chat there but we got uh edward king with a five dollar super chat says hey guys don't know if you've talked about it yet but what's your reaction to the senior designer and lead gameplay animator leaving the initiative if you go back to the show after it wraps uh about midway through rand and i gave our expert opinion and uh our expert speculation on that we're not super worried um if you're still here watching uh from that super chat thank you so much risk it for the biscuit with australian eight dollars says this is standard xbox always one or two smaller shows and then a couple months later we get a massive triple a banger show redfall on avowed we'll see 100 we didn't say that Rand. is avowed going to make an appearance at e3 2022 it should it, it it definitely absolutely should it was supposed to be there last year but they went with uh, outer worlds 2 instead so yeah i'm expecting it to be at this year's summer show. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to Avowed, especially after playing so much Elden Ring, like another fantasy RPG in a big open world where I won't die as much. I'm looking forward to that. Um, There was another one. Uh, Shoot, it's been crazy. Yeah, the, it, it, shout out to the to the Maju Donna Kazada, Happy Bomb for taking care of the chat. When these people jump in here and they say some interesting things that I'm not going to click, but yeah, you know, shout out to over 800 people watching. Randolph Thor 19, you are amazing. Um, tell us what your plans are for the coming weeks um, with the new events. Are they going to have an EXO 2022? I mean, they might. I think that's too early to really tell right now if they are i mean i i think there there's a good Aren't chance kicking I that around i mean they kicked it around last year as well but obviously it you know they didn't happen so uh you know we what we know we got happening is a summer event sometime in june early june where they're gonna have a big mm-hmm. show um will they have another one after that potentially but then i think next year is the time when they're gonna start having multiple events within the year and that's why they are hiring for that person. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess enjoy shredders and tunic for now. (laughs) 
suppose, or play yeah. Elden Ring for the next 200 hours or something. Yeah, we've definitely seen that if you drop next to something like Elden Ring, uh, good luck. Um, we, I was going to talk about Gran Turismo and Horizon Forbidden West hitting in there, but we've kind of talked about that before. But Or, or go play deal. Grand Theft Auto V again. It's only $20. Yeah, yeah you can. Like, you know, Rand said, like he said, last time he played it was on the 360, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have a good time. And that game is amazing. And now I can play it in 60 frames? Oh, boy. Isn't there a 60 frames ray tracing mode, like a balance mode, or is it 30? Yeah, but I think it's just ray tracing shadows or something. Well, I saw a ray trace reflection on a shiny floor, so... I don't uh, care about ray tracing, so... I do not either. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, if you're having a good time, hit the like button. We've got... Over almost 800 people watching right now, and I bet you you can get to 500 if you really like Randall Thor 19, the man with a million, and if you tolerate Cold Eastwood, the host of this crazy XNC show. This is the 43rd episode, and uh, in the first week of May will hit a one year anniversary. I can't believe uh, you guys have been so amazing. Rand, thank you so much for being here on the show. I got one more super chat before I give you a chance to brag about how amazing you are and what you're doing. But Edward King with a five pound super chat says, as for the games this year, oh, I forgot Arc 2 with Vin Diesel. Uh, I mean, that's supposed like. to be this year, but who knows if it is. You know, you know how um, that team is. Party Animals. Party Animals is like the Humans Fall Flat type game. Like yep. four player uh Go play Rubber Bandits on Game Pass, you guys. You'll get like 500 uh, achievement points, and uh, it's local co-op. You'll laugh your head off. It's amazing. Uh, Replaced is also supposed to be coming, which is a pixel side-scroller. Scorn, which is the weird first-person puzzle gore shooter thing. You know, the Ooh. funny thing is, is Scor- was Scorn in the original May unveiling yes. in 2020? Yep. It and was. it's still not out yet alongside Bright Memory Infinite. That's still not out yet, right, either? Bright Memory Infinite? Yeah, I know, I know. Is there anything else from that original? Um, well, uh, you know, PlayStation has a bunch of games that they showed at 2020 that aren't nowhere to be found. Like, um, I was more I was more and... talking about, like, the first Xbox show. And, like, because it was, uh, I think Call of the Sea was there, which is out. Yeah, uh, that came out, like, Assassin's Creed came out. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other games were. were uh, Scarlet Nexus, I think, was in that one. Uh, yeah, but it's yep. weird. Bright Memory Infinite, still not out yet. Neither is Scorn. It just goes to show you that like game development is tough, especially in the time of like a pandemic. Well, remember, you know, release dates are fluid, right? So, yeah. Do you re- take your mind back to the God of War Ragnarok trailer that just showed the logo icing in into, uh-huh. the, into a black screen? And what was the release date on that? Didn't it say 2021? It did. And nobody and then, believed and nobody believed it would release in 2021 even when it showed up. And then 2022 is here um, almost a year after that showing. Oh, uh, two years. Oh, my gosh. And I, I, I've been hearing that it is going to make the 2022. I, I don't know. I, I think it makes this year. I think it does, too, because I remember wondering for 2018's God of War... I think it was like in March, I was like, where is that game? And then sometime in March, a month before release, they said release day, April 7th or whatever it was, or April 14th or whatever the date was um, back in 2018. So PlayStation like, hey, we don't need to give you a big heads up. You're going to love the game anyway. But Edward King also adds in Somerville, which is made by the creative minds behind Inside and Limbo, which is mm-hmm. going to be a 
that's going to be a big deal. That will do really well uh, for an audience that loves those sort of games. That game, Inside and Limbo, were a big deal. Redfall, Starfield, and maybe Forza Motorsport. I'm pretty sure Forza Motorsport is going to be a big part of E3 and is scheduled for, I'm going to say, October. What do you think, Rand? Give me a Forza Motorsport month. Uh, Late September. Late September, okay. That's a good yes. guess, too. And then he says Pentiment, which is Josh Sawyer's game for Obsidian. Uh, one more super chat, Rand, and then I got you. Um, Robert Jackson, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. He says, think they'll announce another Ori. Rand, Colt, come on, guys. No. Get that message to uh, Xbox. What's going on with Moon Studios? What's I mean, they they got, a, they got another game coming. I forget who's publishing it. Um, maybe 505 Games? I'm not... It's not epic. Uh, they're working on like some Zelda-ish game, uh, but they're like they're a not third-person action yeah. adventure. Game. I think I think Ori as a franchise, as much as I hate to admit it, is probably dead. But I mean, after the ending from the last game, I mean, it kind of makes sense. So mm-hmm. yeah. Are you thinking it'll be a side scroller Zelda type game or a top-down? I think thing they like- no. I think they said it's fully a fully three D game. I'm pretty hmm. sure. Okay. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. But uh, Randall Thor 19, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been doing the podcast thing, and uh, I have, you and I haven't been putting out a lot of videos, but we're waiting for like the next big shoe to drop. But tell everybody where they can find you, where they can see your latest and greatest, and um, what you're playing after Elden Ring. Oh, you want to know? Yeah, I want to know. I know um, what you're not playing with me, but what do you want to play next? I mean, I don't know what I'm going to play next. Maybe Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That comes out yeah. in a couple weeks. I think it comes out next week, I want to say. Yeah, I think it comes out next week. I don't know. I, I really, I don't know. I think it looks super cool. And it's an Xbox studio making an Xbox game, but only on PlayStation. So, <laughs> And you're going to play it on your PlayStation. I'm going to play it on my PlayStation like I yep. played Deathloop because I'm not going to wait a year like some other people, <clears throat> Cody Eastwood, you know. Uh, Rad! Yeah, because you wouldn't play Deathloop on PlayStation. You were like, I'm going to well, wait for it to come to Xbox. I did say that, but you also said that you weren't sure if I would like that type of game. So I waited. Yeah. So. So Would you watch yeah, out for me? Yeah, so I think that's maybe the game I'm going to play next. Um, I don't know. It looks it looks super cool because um, I, I finished Elden Ring. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, if uh, you want to follow me on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash randallthor19, where, you know, I probably won't be making any videos. I'm probably done as a YouTuber. Uh, You'll make retiring, videos. And, uh, but me and Jez will do the podcast. and. <laughs> You know, uh, I don't know. It just are you going to come not, out of retirement like Tom Brady after right after? You yeah, Tom Brady coming back after retiring. I don't know. Just nothing really super interesting to really make a video about. Although I should probably force myself. But then those videos, when I tend to force myself, don't actually are very. They aren't very good. So, but I appreciate everybody who stays with me and checks out the podcast and follows me on Twitter, even though I never say anything because I'm not really a social. I'm not really the social uh, uh, media person like Colt is because Colt's got how many tweets you got on your account, Colt? Hundred thousand. You got a hundred thousand in, in twelve years. Yeah, I got I got twenty five thousand. So I, I do like uh, one, maybe two posts a day, maybe. Mm. And but most of it is replies. I'm just chat with people, trying not to get in arguments, then getting into arguments, and then uh, 
backing out of arguments and uh, trying to get on with my life. But yeah, most of my stuff is talking to the amazing community. Um, I wish I was that active on my Xbox messages, but people can DM Rand and I there. We love to talk to people who love the same stuff as us. But So we can find you at RandallThor19 on YouTube and the same name with some underscores, which I will link in the description after the show wraps. Follow Rand. Rand's got a nice big following there. And you know what? Uh, Rand is a good dude. He really is. And we've been friends for about four or five years. So shut up, Rand. (laughs) And someday, someday we will meet when uh, these big events come back. And hopefully things get back to normal. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Hit the like button on the way out. I know I can get uh, 30 or 40 more likes before we close up. I will give my outro. I'm Cole Eastwood. This is the Ecstasy Podcast. This is a weekly live video podcast that I do on YouTube. I also, which I haven't said at all during the show, this show is also on demand on Spotify, Google, Pocket Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, where you can check out the show. My phone just heard me say the, the G word. Uh, hey, what do you need, Cole Eastwood? And um, I love doing the show. Thank you so much for supporting it. If you'd like to check this out after the fact, you did that on those platforms on the audio only. Thank you so much. I'll try to uh, get everything taken care of. Thanks to the mods, Happy Bomb, Yodani, Underachiever, and uh, more for ch- taking care of the chat. Rand, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to let you go so you can relax, eat some food, read a book, and we'll get into gaming tomorrow. I can't wait to check out your guys' show again. Thank you so much. We're going to get out of here. You guys have a good night. Ran, say goodbye to all the happy people. Goodbye. <laughs> Ran, you're the best. Thank you so much. We're out of here. <laughs>